Welcome to the very first episode of the German Football Podcast. Um, this is a brand new podcast by myself, Roy Campbell, and Ronan Alexander, two Scots who've got a bit of a love for the German game. Myself, I'm actually in Cologne at the moment living, and Ronan, you're actually in Edinburgh at the moment just visiting, but uh, how's things for yourself, mate? I'm not bad. Been a decent start to this season. How's life in, in Germany so far? Interesting. A lot different COVID-wise back to Scotland. Um, they seem to be a bit more relaxed here. Uh, and I managed to actually get myself to a game, which we'll talk about later on, which the, the whole of Scottish football is uh, eagerly awaiting to get back to the <laughs> game in Scotland. But we'll, we'll, we'll just kind of kick things off. So obviously, we've, we've called it the German Football Podcast. We're going to try and put a bit of a Scottish twist on things, uh, bring some Scottish football that's linked in with the German Bundesliga and below as well. So hopefully in the near future, we can get some uh, Scottish influences in the, the German game on. And as well as other people, not just only sticking to the Scottish roots, but it'd be nice to to create that Scottish-German link that's been around for a long time in the, the German game. What's your initial thoughts on the season? I know we're already three, uh, two games in, we're approaching the third game this weekend, but what was your initial thoughts coming into the season? Uh, I kind of thought, I think like a lot of other people, that Bayern Munich would run away with things again, and mm. especially after the first game, thought that would be the case, but hasn't turned out to be that way. Been defeated already, which I think came as a shock to a lot of people. Yeah, I think with just looking at the way Bayern were, they were they were really leggy um, on Sunday against Hoffenheim. I think they've been actually quite unlucky with how COVID worked out because obviously the, the German game, there wasn't that big a break between the restart and the end in March and when they restarted again. So they've actually played a lot of football this year and especially when they had the Champions League, they missed a lot of that break. Uh, between the end of the Bundesliga and the start of this season. So I think they've kind of been a bit unlucky. They've maybe not got the biggest squad that you probably need to play nearly every month of the year. Um, so you can tell they were a bit leggy. They'd rested Lewandowski. Um, he, he came on, but it, it, it was too late for him to make it much of an impact. Um, they've still got a lot of quality in the squad, but I just I don't know if you managed to see much of the game on Sunday, but it was just, it was a, just a, a bit of a leggy performance. And Hoffenheim capitalised when they needed to and it worked well for them. I Hoffenheim seem to have been pretty ruthless so far with two wins but I think Bayern's squad it seems to have like a core of around 15 players mm. that are kind of first team starters they don't have that same backup because obviously Xerxes started instead of Lewandowski mm. I think he's definitely got potential but I don't know if he's quite up to the standard just yet I think there's a bit of pressure on him being so young having to yeah. Fill in Lewandowski's boots. Uh, and he maybe only got a couple of games last season as well when he came on, and it, it wasn't full like 60 minutes, 90 minutes at all. So he's going to, I think for him, this could be the year where he tries to, to break through a bit more under Lewandowski because of how much football Lewandowski's actually played in the past year. He may actually get his chance. And there was also the boy Masala, um, who scored against Schalke, the, the eighth goal against Schalke. He's also got a chance of coming through as well. So I think. There's, it might be a good chance to be a young player at Bayern Munich at the moment, just because of how much football they've played. There might be a lot of rotation um, coming into the squad, but I think we both kind of agreed that Leroy Sané was outstanding in the first game at Schalke, and he's probably one of the, the bargain signings of the of this, this the summer window, this 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 kind of 2020 window. I don't know how you. It seems to be a never-ending uh, window. But... So it's uh, I think Leroy Sané is going to be really good for them, but. There's um there's been a lot of other teams that have actually kind of even just the start have shocked me. I, I put Augsburg to finish bottom of the league. They're already top, 
and I've already beat Dortmund. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping it's just for my sake. It's just a um, a bit of a glitchy start for them, and they've, they've just managed to to come away with the two wins. But they did well against um, Dortmund. Frustrated them really well, and for um, Dortmund to to not score a goal against you, you must be doing something well with that attack. Especially with Augsburg losing their best defender, Philip Max. Mm. He went to PSV, didn't he? And yeah. thought that might make them struggle defensively, but they've been, well, faultless so far. Two games, two wins. Yeah, exactly. And I'm hoping that we'll, we'll come on to Augsburg a bit later on with one of our wee kind of um, new segments of this, what we're going to do for the show. Uh, but the, I think, you know, Udoka scored his first goal in about three years. Um, Things like that going your way against Dortmund is what you kind of need. Um, even just looking at the way I've predicted this table, I'm, I'm, I'm now really, really not sure because I've got Hertha to finish quite high and I know we were talking about that's, that, could be a, that could be one that goes either way. And obviously they started they started the game really well. Um, you know, the, the first game, second game, not so great. So it's kind of how are they going to balance that out, Hertha? Um, and even Wolfsburg. It's another team that Wolfsburg might struggle again with European football. They, they always seem to finish about the sixth to ninth kind of when they're in Europe. And you kind of want to see them go that wee bit extra further. Because, well, obviously European football is a bit of a, a downfall for Frankfurt last year. So I think that could be similar for, for Wolfsburg this time round. Yeah, and especially last year with Wolfsburg, you know, they did quite well in Europe. Um, they got but they got passed into the, the kind of COVID stages. I don't know if that's what, how you'd call it. Um, when yeah. You know, fully changed. So they got into the, like, the COVID stages, so they got quite far into it. Um, and again, I don't know if they've got the, the, the depth of a squad to maybe compete in both. And it's kind of, what, as, a, as Wolfsburg, as a club, where would you where would you actually want to prioritise? Do you want to prioritise Europe? So I've got them finishing seventh ahead of Hoffenheim, which I'm now really... I don't know, Hoffenheim just look really strong. Um, you know, I think this might be the last season you see Kramerich at Hoffenheim. I think I, 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 even a bigger club in Europe might actually snatch him up now. Just He's, he's a just a threat going forward. He's, he's a great goal scorer. Um, yeah. And the Hoffenheim team seem to have gelled together um, under the new manager, Hoeneß, from, who, was, who won the league with uh, Bayern Munich's Vive in the Dritte Liga last season. So it was quite funny him winning uh, his first home game against Bayern Munich. Uh, after leaving by the, the club by Munich, although it was uh, by Munich's fire last year. I uh, one player I like at Hoffenheim's uh, Christoph Baumgartner kind of plays in number ten role. I think he's pretty important the way they play, and he's still young as well. Yeah, I think, I think he's another who could possibly get a big move. And when you've got all the Bauman and goals, um, you know you're not going to be conceding a lot of goals. That's the, that's the best thing. He's, he, he deservedly got a call up for the for the Nations League, and I think he, he again he could be a really important player. And you know you've got Vogt and Bukakic, um a centre back. They're both solid. I mean, he's, you saw the size of him when he scored his goal. I guess, but yeah. we're only two games in. It's kind of hard to, to figure out where everyone's going to finish up because um, I've also for some reason put Schalke on eleventh, and. So far, they're not, they're not quite um, living up to that 11th standard. Well, as we're recording, they've, to, they've announced our new manager today. Um, and Ralph Rangunik has said he won't take it. So I really hope he doesn't take it after we saying this now. But he said he wouldn't go back to the club again. Um, so I'm not too sure who's going to be coming in for Schalke. But it's, it's just, it's, I, would, I wouldn't want to take that job right now. Yeah, I, I don't understand how they're so bad. 
because they're a decent club, obviously a big club. They've got, I think they've got a core of reasonable players like Kabak in defence. Mm. But well, I watched their game against uh, Bremen at the weekend, and defensively they were terrible. Yeah. Like, but do you think they can turn it round, or are they going to struggle? Well, I feel like I've said it for the last couple of years that Schalke is going to turn it round. Um, you looked when they finished uh, with Tedesco three, three, four years ago now. And they were excellent, they were a great side. And then all of a sudden, I've just, with today, they, they got rid of Tedesco, they went downhill. Wagner came in last season. I mean, to go 18 games without that win, that's just for a club like Schalke. It's, I don't know how they let him start the season. Uh, I, th- I uh, think. Yeah, I thought he'd be gone. I, I feel like they could have got rid of him uh, when the, the restart happened, just after, before the, even the league started. There was, Schalke needs a big. A big, there's some something needs to go into Schalke and just mix everything up, because obviously they've got their they've got their issues off the park as well, uh, and I don't know for for such a big club that a lot of outsiders from Germany look in on and will look at Schalke and if if they're not well accomplished with the league they'll probably say oh Schalke is a top four team, but just now you're looking at them and you don't, you don't even see them you see them in a relegation fight every year. The newly promoted teams they've started quite well with Stuttgart and. And Bielefeld, so it's going to be tight at the bottom this season. So it could be difficult for Schalke to get out of it, even with a change of manager. Yeah, um, Bielefeld, are, I think I read a stat the other day because Bayern were beaten by Hoffenheim on Sunday. That over the Zweite Liga and the Bundesliga, that I mean, Bielefeld are the only unbeaten team in 2020 now because oh, really? Bayern Munich. So Bielefeld have done had a really good start. Um, you know, they, it was two tough games for them, to be honest. Um, Away to Frankfurt, they managed to get a really good point out of there, and then they beat um, Köln. It, it seemed to be a game that they they could have after watching Köln's first game against Hoffenheim. It seemed to be a a, a game that Bielefeld could actually go and take three points from if they played to their best, and ended up you know winning by that late goal. But for them, that'll be a, a really big three points for them. Um, I think Stuttgart are just Stuttgart are a Bundesliga side. I know they've been a bit of a yo-yo club recently, going down to the Zweite Liga. But I think they they'll come in and they'll make a good ground. And I don't I don't think I I don't think it'll be the last time they came back up. I think they'll actually they'll, they'll stay up and they'll actually finish in a reasonable position. I think I put them twelfth um, out of eighteenth is my kind of prediction at the start of the season. So if they finish round about there, I'm sure they'll be kind of happy to go and kick on. Yeah. I think they they've, they've maybe got a better core to their squad than what they had the last time they came up. Um, and they, you know they played some good football last season. And I know there was a bit of a they were, they, were, they were close to maybe were they going to go into the, the relegation uh, playoff or were they were they actually going to get automatic promotion but you know in the end they, they, they turned around and they, they have benefited from uh, Hamburg's uh, downfall towards the end of the season so I don't know I think I think both teams could do really well I'm not too sure in Bielefeld over the course of the season we'll need to see how they, they fare against more teams around about them if they pull off results like they did against Kiln you know there'll be no, no doubt that they'll They'll, they'll pull away for the relegation playoff, but there's a couple of teams in here. That, um, I think Mainz are going to struggle. Um, I know Mainz are. I, I, I compare Mainz to Hamilton Ackies. They, they seem to be that, <laughs> that everyone says they're going to struggle, but they they almost always wait their way out of it. But I, I don't know. I just don't. I didn't see any big sign, big major signings that were going to impress me um, going into the new season. Obviously, it's really difficult with a lot of clubs. No clubs are really spending a lot of money. I think Kellen have probably made the most signings. Uh, of any other club, um, but I don't think they've got 
they've maybe not got that real quality. Mateta's a really good striker, and I, and I, I really like Kundi Malong in the centre. He just rocks all the set-up mid. He's going to, you know, he played really well post-lockdown as well. But I don't think, especially getting rid of Bailotza, uh, depends, you know, depends what happens, who's coming in. I think Mainz could maybe struggle. And I'm not, I'm not too sure about Union Berlin there. I, I think they're another team you can't really decide where they're going to go. If they're going to finish high, because they did really well last year, but then they kind of filtered off. Uh, but then are they going to do that again this year? I mean, Union are a, are a great a great team. I mean, Max Cruiser was a great signing. I think a, a lot of the Bundesliga yeah. could have taken Max Cruiser in, and he probably would have walked into their team. So I think that was a good addition for them. I don't know if Loris Karius is going to be a big player for them. Obviously, he's had a lot of stick playing in England, um, and then he was out in Turkey for a while. So... If he comes in and he could maybe so many place in number one, you know, Union could have another good season, but they're another team that I'm kind of I worry if they're going to struggle. I one thing with Union, as you mentioned, with Karius coming in, I think it's a big chance for him, but it's, it could be tough for him because obviously Gikovic was so good for Union last year and now they've lost him. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a big replacement for him, really. Yeah, um, it's, they're, they're, a, they're a strange club because they're so new to the Bundesliga, not sure how they're going to go. Are they going to get that second season syndrome and just kind of flop? But I mean, they look, they look okay so far, um, but it's, it's the, other, the other club I wasn't too sure on, and I'm now not too I'm not, I'm not too confident. My prediction was Freiburg. I kind of had them in the bottom half. Uh, I thought look at uh, losing Waldschmidt was going to be a big loss for them. You know, he scored a lot of good goals for them, but you can never doubt Niels Peterson up front. Niels Peterson's just he's one of the, he's he's like um, I thought Seb Anderson was a great um, signing for Kern because he's just one of those strikers it's just, he's just always going to score goals um, so Freiburg's a, an interesting one as well to see how they can affair but they, they seem to do match up really well against um, Wolfsburg um, on Sunday and got a, a really reasonable point off them I watched some of that game on Sunday and I thought towards the end that Freiburg definitely had the upper hand mm-hmm. but maybe that's when Wolfsburg playing, you know, Sunday, Thursday, uh, constantly that Freiburg were able to to go a bit further towards the end. But I, I think they'll do okay again. They've got seem to have a really good core of players and always seem to grind out results when you know people write them off. Freiburg give an interesting one to look at. Um, when you look back at the top of the table, obviously, like I mean, Bayern's Bayern's probably going to come round and win it again. You saw what happened last year. They were, I mean, they were seventh in December and they managed to still win this. The, I know December seems a long time ago now, but they were they were, they were so low down the table and um, December and they managed to turn they managed to turn it around and won quite convincingly. Probably more to what to do with uh, Dortmund's downfall and Dortmund shown again that in, in games they probably should be winning. They're they're not picking up the points, but I I still think. They'll they'll finish on top of a top four of Bayern Dortmund and I think Munchen Gladbach will do a, quite well again if they can keep everyone fit because uh, obviously they lost Turam and Player towards the end of the season. Um, I think if they can keep them all fit, they'll do really well and it'll be interesting to see how Leipzig do after their Champions League run because again similar to to Bayern they they played a lot of football um, this year so I wonder if they, that will kind of affect them. Um, I- feel pretty much the same about uh, Gladbach's definitely doing well. One team I'm sure about raking at the top four is Leverkusen. Obviously, they've lost Havertz and Kevin Volland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if Patrick Schickel be the difference for them or not, but 
And they have good young players coming through. I like uh, Florian Verts on the wing. He's a good player. I think he could be a really good player for them this year, but they don't want... Like, he's not really... He, I think he's going to be one of the better young players in the league, but he might not adapt to water the way maybe, like, like Sancho and Haaland have from a young age. But I know it's different different kind of different players and a different team, but I, if you can hope Leverkusen don't overdo it with Verts, because if they do, they, they might not progress the same way. But he's, yeah. so far, at the end of last season, he did, he did really well. I was really impressed with him, so... I don't know if Leverkusen. I think I don't. I've got them to finish fifth. I don't think they'll break in at top four either. I think um, I think Minchin Gladbach will do really well, like I was saying. And but you can't really tip off Leipzig anymore. I think the the kind of novelty of not wanting Leipzig to do well is kind of worn off a bit now, and they've they've established themselves as a top four club in the Bundesliga. And even with uh, losing Werner, you know, I I I still think Pilsen's a really good striker. Um, I think they've got. They've actually, they've, I think Olmo uh, was one of my favourite players to watch last season, the Spanish midfielder. I thought he was excellent. He's for his first season uh, coming in from Croatia. I think it could be a big season for like Tyler Adams and Amadou Haidara mm-hmm. coming and do well for Leipzig as well. I think this could be a, a quite a competitive year just because of how little signings have been made as well. Obviously, some clubs have went out and they've, they've maybe spent a bit of money or they've got a couple of cheaper options in at the moment. But I think definitely below the top four I think um, it could be a really competitive league and like we were saying we've kind of struggled to say who's definitely going to go down uh, I think the only, the only kind of team we've kind of picked up is we think Mainz are going to really struggle but see the rest of the I think it could be from ninth from what I've predicted from ninth down to 18th I think it could be all different I don't think yeah it could be any order it could yeah. be in really any order I just really I really worry about Kiln at the moment because they've, they've, they've brought a few in now they didn't look. They looked okay in spells against Hoffenheim, but the manner of the goals they lost against Hoffenheim weren't great. And even on uh, Saturday against Bielefeld, you know, you're, you're kind of wanting them to, to to try and be that team that's going to push out of that relegation team kind of you know, and to to go to Bielefeld and not pick up anything is is probably quite disappointing for them. So I, they they are they are now my team that could potentially struggle. Yeah, I'll see. Hoffenheim and Bielefeld is your first two games to come away with no points is pretty disappointing from that they'd have certainly expected at least something so but let's see as you said they probably made the most signing so maybe it'll take some players to, to gel and Andre Duda could do well for them yeah he looked he looked excellent you know I think this maybe could be his, his team that he he can go in and he can shine in. You know, he looked good for Hertha quite a few times. But I think this could be maybe his his chance to, to go in and impress himself and you know, he's a, he's an internationalist for uh, Slovakia, so we'll 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 see how he how he gets on. But it'll be interesting to see uh, how they play without Cordoba. Obviously Anderson's a bit of a different uh, striker for them, uh, than Cordoba was, but um they kinda relied on Cordoba a lot last year. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on without him. I also you see with them losing Cordoba, I'll see Mark Oots back at Schalke as well. So, but Anderson and Modest, I think, are decent enough players, but we'll see how it goes. Well, can I give the, give the reins over to you a bit? Um, we'll, we're going to try and give some uh, fantasy tips, and uh, hopefully, people listening in are quite keen on their fantasy football that they, they can maybe pick up some ideas from us on how to. How to progress our team and do well this year. I'm not going to talk much about my fantasy team because 
I got the same amount of points that two of your players got after the first game. <laughs> Uh, so I, I didn't have a very good um, a very good week uh, obviously Lewandowski um, not did not get, picking up any points I think he ended up minus points uh, so having been one of your star players is a bit disappointing um, so I'll, I'll, I'll pass over you mate and see what your, your kind of thoughts are ahead for this, this maybe this weekend or just any players in general for, to add into your fantasy squads uh, so touch on last weekend I'd uh, Kamada and Andre Silva from Frankfurt who picked me up 20 points on Friday but uh, set up a league for anyone interested to join them in fantasy football if you just go in the league section type in German football podcast there's a, a league to join but for this weekend a few players kind of stand out to me are uh, looking at Leipzig obviously being at home to Schalke you'd expect some points there some goals you can never tell when Nagelsmann on the starting 11 or who he's going to pick so be interesting to see who he goes with. Maybe this is the chance for a new striker to step up, which replaced Timo Werner. But obviously, you have the dilemma of who's going to play between Pulsit and um, Sorloff or mm. Huang. So, but one of them, whoever starts, could be plenty of points. Even in midfield as well, with like Forsberg, Olmo, Nkunku, Haidara, there's so many players that could do well for them. Yeah, I've got almost been master man for the first two games, um, and he seems to have done not terribly. He's he's picked up points. Uh, the first game, you know, he picked up about twenty points when you put him as a star man, so he was a good one. Uh, I think there's maybe maybe teams to stay clear of is um, I'm going to have to completely change my team because my team's um, cluttered with uh, Kellen and Gladbach players, and they're playing at the weekend, and obviously the Ryan Derby is going to be it's. Um, it's going to be quite difficult um, to, to keep your full team happy with all them in, so I'm going to have to go in and have a good thinking. Probably have to go head over heart and take all the kill players out. Another game I've got is uh, Bremen against Bielefeld. I think there's some points on offer there. I think Augustinsson, the Bremen left-back, is the highest-scoring defender so far. But obviously on the opposite flank, you've got a cheaper option in Gabriel Selassie who could pick up some points up front. Full crew and sergeant, but... Also for Bielefeld, Ortega is the highest scoring goalkeeper so far, making saves, keeping clean sheets. Maybe he's going to look at and other defenders as well. Uh, they've got like Amos Pifer, so few points on offer in that game, I think. Yeah, one one guy that I picked up um, was Stuttgart's um, Sasha Kalachuk, who I didn't think to sub him in for Lewandowski, uh, and they picked me up about 18 points. So he, he might be a good cheap option to pick up for your strikers because he seems to be getting some game time. Uh, he scored last week and I think he picked up two assists as well. So Sasha Karadzic from uh, Stuttgart could be another cheap option to kind of pick up. I think you'll begin to see more players who are kind of undervalued on the market as teams set on their starting 11 and you can pick up players that are pretty cheap. Mm. Yeah, no, it's um, it's been... Fantasy football is something I've always um, kept in with, but I usually... I've kept it for like the first 10 games and forget about it and go back to the end of the season and realise that half of players have actually gone and they're not actually picking up points. So this year I'm determined to to, to keep up to date with my squads and make sure they're changing every time. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping I won't have as bad a week uh, this week as I did last week. 43 points was just that was terrible, considering I had close to 100 for my first week. Um, so I'm, ho- I'm hoping next week will be a bit more... A bit more luck, put it that way. Um, do you think Bayern players might be worth it this week? That this might be the 
I know they're playing, as we record, they're playing tonight in the Super Cup against Dortmund. Um, do you think their players might be up for it to, to actually go and change that result that they had on Sunday? I probably certainly got a point to prove anyway, and we've kind of kind of stamped their authority back on the league, so you could see a big scoring weekend, unlike last week for you know your visit Lewandowski. We'll move on from the fantasy stuff and um, and we'll. Like and apart from six hundred lucky souls in Scotland who have managed to get to see a, a game in the flesh since March, um, the 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 German way is a bit different at the moment. So I managed to make my way to actually live right across the road from Regional Liga team Fortuna Cologne. Um, so I managed to snatch myself up a ticket. There was a thousand tickets going um, for the Fortuna Cologne game, and I think it ended up with an attendance of nine hundred and sixty roughly. Um, which is crazy thinking of back home where they were only trialling about 300 in the, the Premier League. Um, but down in the league and our league, you know, they're, they're still getting decent attendances. But it was um, it was a really it was a really easy process, actually, um, to get in. So I turned up at the stadium. You know, obviously everyone's trying to social distance outside and everyone's wearing their mask. But you get given a Q, there was a QR code just on one of the fences. You just got and scan that, put in your details. Uh, like you do maybe in the restaurants and things like that back home. Um, so, and then when you went up to the the first first man who was waiting, Stuart was showed some ID. Um, you had to show that you've checked in, so you couldn't get away with maybe not checking in. So there was somebody checking, which was good. But so you've got somebody checking ID um, and to check you've actually checked in. Uh, what was a bit strange was there was no temperature checks, and I don't know if maybe that's just to do with the level of the 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 club. Um, or things like that but there was no temperature checks on the way in which I, th- I thought was maybe going to be a, bit, a mandatory thing um, but once you go in it was all all the ticket checks were all socially distanced like you, you had to wait in uh, the queue and then you were taking one person at a time instead of everyone going through the turnstiles at one time but it was actually they just opened the, the kind of opening next to the turnstiles so you went in and after that it was pretty straightforward you know it was a um, straight find your seat they tell you where to go sit but I soon found out um, after struggling to find my seat because somebody was already in it that people were just sitting where they wanted so but the way they've got it is they had, they had two seats um, they had two seats and then they had two seats uh, cornered off and then two seats so it was every was separated but what you found was everyone just migrated to the end it was kind of like first in to that row and then everyone sat down that way so it was at least good that way there wasn't a lot of moving about um, so apart from the assigned seats not really working everything was going quite well everyone was wearing their masks it was all socially distanced um, and what I, I, I even I've noticed just in general even on transport in Germany there's a lot of uh, reminders uh, of like being Covid safe and things like that um, so it was maybe about three or four before kickoff, and I think I got there about half an hour before kickoff. so it was about three or four just um, my German's not exceptional but I could understand that they were telling everyone you know just please remember to wear your mask and be socially distant in the stadium so that I thought that was uh, really good so so far they're doing quite well um, one one minor kind of fault I'd maybe say was that uh, there's still smoking in that stadium well if, if there isn't then I've just called a lot of people out but there was people still smoking in the stadium so um, a lot of people chose not to wear their mask as often because they were having a smoke so that was maybe the one thing I'd, I'd maybe 
fault it down to that it wasn't there was a lot of guys going around telling people to put your mask back on if it was off for like maybe a second or two which was good but um, with the smoking they kind of got away with it so that's maybe one wee fault I'd maybe say um, that I wasn't expecting but I think that's to be expected with you know you can't I think that's what the reason a lot of reasoning with um, not having fans back in Scottish stadiums is you can't you can't guarantee that everyone's going to follow the rules exactly at the moment and that just kind of proved it but it was great, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was my first um, non-league game, you know, so I've been to a couple of Bundesliga and I've been to a Drift Liga game as well, but that was my first Liga game and you know, to go to my local team, because uh, it's generally across the road, that was really exciting. It, it was actually a really good level of football. I'd actually I'd actually maybe put it to top-end League One, bottom championship kind of level. It was a really good game. So it's Fortuna Cologne against FC Kern's uh, Vita team, so like their kind of reserve team that... So their cult teams work really well in Germany, because uh, I know Scotland. I've always kind of thought about bringing it back in. I don't really agree with it in Scotland, just because it doesn't. I don't. I think it had to be in already, or it won't work now. Yeah. And we've got it just the way the German the German league works really well at the moment. So I think it kind of works um, in that sense. And I thought so. Even like Christian Clements from the the first team is playing because he's coming back from uh, another injury. Um, and Lamperla from the first team as well. You know he was in, so there was a, it was a, I thought it was a very good standard. Um, and if they finished one each in the end, uh, Fortuna can can they're still unbeaten at the moment, so they're they're sitting near the top of the Regional Liga, uh, four wins and a draw. So it's not a terrible start for them. Uh, to, to try to get back into the Drithal Liga and maybe join Victoria Kiln, um, and FC Kiln in the the professional leagues, but. You know, it was a, it was an interesting interesting experience. I mean, it was amazing because I was at the last game between Sibirin and Hearts uh, that happened in Scottish football that had more than the test events. So from March until what was late September, you know, it's a long time not to go see the football. And I'm assuming you'll be you'll be similar and wishing you could get back in. But yeah. it was a it's like it was a great experience um, for me. But it was also showing that you know it it can work even at like a lower level. But there's still going to be small things to pick up on that might not work as well as you hoped because I kind of I kind of went in thinking everything would be fantastic but maybe there were some kind of aspects of it because they were still serving food it was non-alcoholic beer though which I noticed um, but they're still serving food because obviously you saw the list um, that the, the Scottish football fans get given you know things like don't stand up don't cheer don't don't sing <laughs> that wasn't that wasn't nothing like that happened at this game you know everyone was um, enjoying the game when they scored everyone got up and cheered so I think I think they've done it in a good way to get everything back in because I don't know if you're aware of the moments that basically it's if the the city or the area has got less than thirty five infections per a hundred thousand people, you'll get your capacity uh, a capacity in your stadium. If you've got more than that, you'd kind of anyone in. So for instance, last week uh, Schalke had about 30, I think it was about thirty seven thirty eight infections per 100,000 people so that's why there was no fans in the Schalke game and the week before the first game that was the same with Kern they had a high infection rate so there was no fans in their stadium so I think it's working well as in it could be cut off at any time if the infection rate's too high in each city but you know you've seen some good attendances recently you know I think Dortmund is about 10,000 in for the first game and uh, I know Bielefeld Augsburg is about 6,000 um the weekend there so and you saw Hoffenheim against Bayern you know the, the stadium added to the stadium again so it's it's good to see something coming in but I like the way the rules are and um, that it generally could be called off on a Saturday you, like, you can't come in we've had too many infections in the city so 
I think it's good they've got like different rules, like depending on what the situation is, rather than a one rule fits all kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Because I know by uh, Bavaria are a bit wary of it at the moment. Uh, but obviously there was some fans in the Augsburg game, so maybe they're, they're kind of coming around to a wee bit more. But uh, Munich, especially, they were a bit. I don't know if there'll be any fans in for the Munich games coming up, because um, they they were a bit unsure and letting anyone in, depending on the infection rates. But it seems to be per like uh, state or county, if you want to call it. Um, they're kind of going it with those kind of rules. So, you know, it's it was it's good that there's some fans coming back, and um, I know there's probably a lot of Scottish. Um, football fans are probably a bit jealous to have managed to get myself to a game probably yourself included um, but it was good and hopefully I can get to some more of all amount here because that was kind of one of the I main I was just going to ask you if you've got any plans for going to more games yeah well um, Victoria Kiln I think are at home not this Saturday but the following so I might go see them at the moment I don't think I'll get to see FC Kiln because of a high season ticket count and I think with um, only getting about 9,000 then it's going to be season ticket only for a long time so as far as I'm aware, it's till the end of October they're, they're doing the kind of roughly 20% of your attendance um, if you're allowed fans in. So I don't know if after October they're going to revisit that and go higher. Uh, but, you know, it's just good to see that they're kind of trying to lead the way with uh, getting fans back in. You know, maybe maybe back home they'll, they'll start to do something different, but it's different different rules but that for different cases and the way COVID's kind of going in the UK. You, know, you can kind of understand why there's no fans in at the moment. Yeah. Um. So we'll, we'll kind of finish up. We'll move on to our last wee segments. So we're going to. It's, we don't know how long we can keep this going because there's not many of them, but we're going to try and uh, introduce some like uh, twin towns from Scotland and Germany, and maybe we could get some fans of different uh, clubs in Scotland close to these towns, and they could maybe pick up their new German team just by this if they weren't aware. So, uh, the first one we're going to go with. Is the, the the you know the heart of the Highlands, um, Inverness are actually paired. The twin town is Augsburg, so we thought Augsburg would be a good shout because of how the how well they're doing so far this season. Obviously, they're top of the league, um. So you know Inverness, obviously a really historic kind of place, and Augsburg is actually one of the oldest cities in Bavaria, uh, in Germany as well. But um, but it's, it's situated in Bavaria, quite close to Munich as well. So it's one of those teams that's got one of the, the bigger teams round about it, so it's nice to see that we get a really good attendance, you know, at their games, um, but that could be maybe one that um, any Inverness Cali fans, or even just anyone that's in Inverness, you know, they might they might want to pick up Augsburg as their team, um, it's 30,000 seat stadium, but they've actually got 11,000 that are standing, so it's a third of the stadium is actually in the Stayplatz. Um, standing section, so it, it, it creates quite a decent atmosphere. Um, and this 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 is one for yourself because I found out he, might, he actually supported Hibs when he was here. But Alfred von Bogesen was actually who plays for Augsburg is actually got a bit of a Scottish tie. He lived in Scotland for a while and played for um, the East of Scotland side, Lothian and Vissel, Hutchison Vale when he was young. I think he was only about 10, 11 at the time, and he claimed that he supported Hibs. When he was living in the city, so there's a there's a famous uh, another new famous Hibs supporter maybe, but um, so that there's kind of a couple of good Scottish ties in there with Augsburg, you know. But from Bogerson, I think there was chat of him going to Celtic at one point, but uh, I think he moved back to Iceland because uh, his dad was actually studying at Edinburgh, um, so that's how he ended up there. Just really strange that 
a player who's went on to have such a great career playing World Cups was uh, uh, at the boys club with um, Lothian Thistle Hutchinson Vale so plenty of good uh, Scottish uh, ties in with uh, Augsburg um, so any of the next Cali Thistle fans get looking at Augsburg and any Augsburg fans you know, have a, yeah, I, I, have a, any Augsburg fans could have a new team in Cali Thistle you know following John Robertson's men in the Highlands you know so We'll try and um, we'll try find some good ones uh, over the next couple of weeks and um, see if we can create some interesting partnerships because there's a lot of clubs try to find partnerships now with uh, foreign clubs so we'll see how it goes but Inverness and Augsburg that's your first one so we'll just wrap things up there um, you know hopefully we can try and um, get some more Scottish persuasion on the podcast we'd quite like to get some guests on who are you know English speaking perspectives of the Bundesliga and even the lower leagues as well we're, we're hoping to try and get some chat about the lower leagues all the way down even regional Liga like we were talking about earlier um, so it was good to good to get us going and hopefully everyone enjoyed it and learned some new things about Inverness and Augsburg and even yourself Ronan having a new Hibs fan with you <laughs> you'll be sticking at Finn Boggison in your fantasy team now ah he'll be straight in captain that's it. Um, so hopefully everyone enjoyed listening. Um, you can follow us um, on Twitter and Instagram. Um, it'll be at German Fitbar Pod. And Ronan, what, what was the fantasy league again? Um, it's just called the German Fitbar Podcast. So if you search that in the leagues, hopefully get some people joined in. There we go. So hopefully you enjoyed it, guys. Um, it'll be more coming your way soon. So all the best. See you later.